With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. This is a Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino, and this week I'm joined by James and Muff as we cover the world record-holding treble champions of Scotland. But with further news emerging of Ange Postacoglu's imminent departure to Spurs, it looks like it'll be all changed once again as we prepare to defend the trophies next season and take another crack at the Champions League. Muff, Ange warned us a while back not to get too close to our heroes. Did you get too close? Yes. Yes, I did. And now I am playing very much the role of an angry, rejected spurned lover. What's your general take at the moment before we get stuck into it? I'm angry. Very angry. Yeah, fuming. Very angry. Uh, fed a pack of absolute nonsense. Do we have the bleep machine? <laughs> Go for um, it. I'm finding it very hard to be pragmatic. Very hard. So I think we should go to James. Tell do. Have you got a moment of the week that will calm you down for a wee minute before we get back into it? You were there with the boys on Saturday. Yeah, yeah I was there with the boys. And, and to be fair, um, I'd probably already reconciled everything by then. Uh, such had been the noise and such had been the, the rumour mill. But the, the moment of the week for me, a pretty a personal one, was, was just been there. That was the wee one's first sort of cup final. So the, me and my two boys being there, Celtic off in the trophy. It was just a fantastic evening And I know we all moaned Like mad about the kickoff time But that's me being to The Oh <laughs> the guy. Is that my bleep? I said moaned like mad I was not going to say anything else uh, Moaned like mad about the kickoff time But that's I've been to the St Johnson game at five now And the Cali game at five it's, It creates a feisty atmosphere in the stadium It gives obviously everybody a a wee bit I think the weather helped as well There was a few um, As as may come through On the guys that watch us on YouTube The old uh, Hooters a bit red Thanks to the sun But just being there When the the boys lifted the trophy For a treble You know But we've been so spoiled In recent years But getting to do it with my two boys And maybe a wee bit bit selfish Which seems to be the theme of the week this week um, I've gone for Celtic lifting the trophy When my boys been there and nothing, you know, we'll go into it in detail here with Ange and everything that surrounds that, but nothing can take away from that kind of day. Whether it was yourself and the boys or everyone else that was in attendance or folk watching at home or folk watching around the world, it was a very special day. And that is where the conflict comes. He has given us that day, you know, and you, you will forever be grateful for that and for what he's done, for what he's changed the club. But, the, the, you know, dare I say, raise an old topic, I smell a rat. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me this just quickly um, Your lads are young right Just you know Young boys enjoying football Enjoying life But how do they feel About something like Ange Have you had a wee chat With them today or anything uh, they're, they're, not, they're not too happy Albeit that I was Building them up From leaving And saying oh, It looks like he's got to go And, and things like that The very unfortunate thing Is both my boys Are avid Avid football strip collectors As I was As a young boy And uh, The youngest Young ginge Bounced down the stair Last night With a spur strip on because he loves Harry Kane Loves Harry Kane Jeez, oh, He's leaving um, So Unfortunately he spent the night Sleeping in the shed So it's, it's <laughs> Tough times for the lads Wait till you tell him Santa's no real as well Muff. It'll be All hell breaking loose uh, James what about yourself out, Dave. <laughs> So this is an episode Which as I mentioned Should really all be about Celebrating the success Of the treble But things change Very quickly in football And 
Question to you, James. Does the Ange News overshadow the achievements of the players this season? I think the biggest disappointment for me last week was you're being lied to by Miff when he sat here and told us he was perfectly relaxed about it all and if he goes, he goes and all this absolute tripe when we're getting the truth now. Yeah, Is that right, Miff? I know, I was trying to keep a tin lid in lads, <laughs> but to be perfectly frank with you, once, once the <laughs> confirmation came, it's just brought a range of emotions in yeah. me which hopefully I'll be able to articulate as we go on. Yeah. All, all three of us are on record last week. He'll stay, he'll, he'll stay, stay he'll stay. Yeah. Three answers. So, I mean, I, I kind of live in the future anyway, so I'm quite happy about it in Don't terms of... present. You know, I, I, look, I always look ahead and, <laughs> you know what, you can see like the change, the excitement and the change. So, Angie's gone, that's fine. What's coming up, that's where the real work happens now in terms of, you know, who is the next... You know, there's a lot to be debated on that because there's conflicting reports about Rodgers. There's conflicting than myself about Rodgers. Um, or do you gamble on a, you know, young up-and-coming... Jesse Marsling doesn't really excite me. He just seems a bit crackers. Yeah, we'll get to him. Oh. He's on the yeah. he's on the agenda. So, and you know, the main thing is, it was a wonderful day. You were there with your two boys. The two of us were there with our dad. My dad was there to see his eighth treble. And that brings me to my moment of the week. Go for it. Which is a original fan media from Etims. They've bookmarked a Rangers fan in 2015 saying, we've got seven trebles, you've got three. And then they brought it back out last night and went, up you. I think it was we've got seven, you've got three, we welcome the chase. And and a shot, I don't know, however many eight years later. I'll see you in eight years. That's well played. We're good to go. Yeah, it's a it's a good moment, I have to say. And th- there's some brilliant stuff. The the video that Celtic released uh Sunday, which kind of showed you the the footage of all eight rebels interspersed with the captains of the time and the managers of the time and you know, footage of Jinky and then blending into footage of Tom Rogic's goal and stuff. It was a phenomenal piece of uh, uh, entertainment. That, that was outstanding. Yeah, outstanding. Really, really special. Okay, let's take a look at this week's agenda. As you'd expect, the big topic will be dominated by the news that Angie's out. But what do the lads here think about how he's gone about his exit? Who now replaces him? And what will it mean for the future of some of the first team squad? Then it's time for the mystery sale, where, as always, I'll give some questionable clues to the panel as they try and name the former Celtic player. And then we'll close out the show, as always, with This Week in Celtic Media, where we once again dig out something that we think you'll enjoy from the world of Celtic Online. OK, let's get started with all things Ange, but where to start, Miff? So, if reports are to be believed, he's now on the verge of signing a two-year deal at Spurs with the possibility of a year's extension. Given that he was on a rolling 12-month contract with Celtic, it's unclear at this stage what kind of compensation we'll get here, but I think there's an article doing the rounds from The Telegraph which suggests £5 million, which is something. Uh, it's also unclear if he intends to take any of the backroom staff with him, but John Kennedy's name has also been doing the rounds. So, James, to get right into it, do you have any issues with the way Ange has gone about his business, or is this just football? Uh, this is just football, but I do have issues with how he personally has gone about his business. He's spun his load of fanny the whole last week and before. Um, I have no issue with him leaving, and I think if I was his agent and I wasn't a Celtic fan, I'd be advising him the same, because you can say, like, stay for one more year, Make your name in Europe, you'll be getting even better offers and blah, blah, blah. But draw a group of death, get hit with injuries, end up with zero points, you're not getting that offer again. So it is the right time for him taking Celtic out of the equation. So I've got no issue with him leaving. He's not a Celtic fan. And, you know, you're only kidding yourselves on if you think he's come in and went, oh, that's me, you know, Celtic forever kind of thing. He's a professional football manager and he's making a professional football decision. So no issues with that. But don't come out then last week and tell us all you're focusing on is the Scottish Cup final and various wee lines here and there. I get the kind of quoting Tommy Burns kind of stuff. That was a wee bit kind of in poor taste when you know you're off to these kind of things. He could have handled it a wee bit better. Um, 
So maybe he'll learn from that. We'll get to just shortly, but I dug out some of the quotes of the time, and not from that long ago, not from season one, you know, from, from this season, February and, and back in November. They don't make for good reading now, if I have to say, with, it, you know, with all we know now in the hindsight. Quick question for you. If all the talks with Spurs break down tonight, with, you know, with Ange and Daniel Levy, would you take them back? Um, it would be a long road back. Uh, I suppose in the spirit of forgiveness, if I was looking to take Rodgers back, I wouldn't think Ange, but things are, for me, things are just a bit raw. So many of the points that James made, I would echo. Um, I think that to, to say the things that he said and then be away within six months. Yeah, February. There are quotes from February. Fe February, I'll get to. sorry. Yeah. Um, is fairly startling and it tells you like, everybody thinks their club's special everybody thinks their club's special um, there, there's many achievements in Celtic's history to suggest that we are special certainly domestically and for a time in Europe but in, in reality like James mentioned you're not really special you're a stepping stone you're just another club that you can earn a decent amount of money off because you've got a big fan base but the difference is Ange told us we were special. <laughs> he did. He told us we were special and then bolted at the first chance. So that's the bit that kind of sticks in macro. Amazing what he's done for the club. An amazing record domestically. Absolutely outstanding. Probably similar to Rodgers in terms of his European record. Questionable, but the performance is definitely in the Champions League. Performance is much better. And it was building. It was improving. I, I, you know, so much has been left undone by this. But as I say, an outstanding performance from him when he was here. Amazing what he did for the club compared to, you know, how he's left it compared to what it was like when he walked in the door. But the manner in which he's left, just I'm just not happy with it at all. And it, you know, for for some of the stuff that he said, and the way that he's kind of engineered it. Nah, it just doesn't sit right with me and, and won't for some considerable time. It may soften over time, but how I'm feeling right now is I think we've been absolutely mugged off. We've been kippered. And I think the way you currently feel about Brendan Rodgers, and we'll get to him as well, shows that time is a healer because there was one point you'd barely mention his name. True, but but this has made me quite hard-hearted in the sense that, right, well, if, that, if that's the way it's going to be and we're going to make a business decision, Rodgers is the best business decision. I won't be happy about it. Mm -hmm. I'll still go because Celtic's my team but I'll, I'll go and I'll probably I, I, I will probably care a wee bit less in the, the initial period just because I'll have became a bit I don't pre-season will pass and I'll be excited for the start of the season we'll hopefully have made some signings that in itself will excite you whoever the manager is will be the manager but but certainly I, I, I just feel a wee bit burnt with the whole thing The conflict that I can hear in Umaf and I think it's the case for a lot of us is that well Ange as well as Brendan Paddy talks about Brendan Rodgers he's got really mixed feelings because ultimately he hated the way he left but he had some brilliant times under him it gave him some of his best memories he says, you know some of those Hammers are Rangers and different things Paddy said it was potentially the best time in his supporting Celtic supporting life and we've all, all had an amazing couple of years under Ange it's Saturday being one of the best and now we're in this conflict where that's all changed and you can just see why people are feeling spurned by it James yeah, um, I suppose part of it is that Ange went deeper than just the football. Um, there was real cohesion at the club. You know, everyone was 
facing the same direction probably for the first time in my life as you know following Celtic so it's if you look a bit deeper it's all of those things you've got to fix you know we can talk however we want about Rodgers but you can't deny there's going to be a conflict in the building with at least one if not two people in, Bre- in uh, Peter and Mark Lowell you know so that that's a conflict we didn't have you know a month ago that's that's going to be there you know these things can be resolved like you say it's a business decision you know this time <laughs> aged like warm milk on the post-match show last night I'm going absolutely not never Brendan Rodgers and I'm like well you know it's Continuity candidate stuff And it puts you right back on track Better, I, better I, the devil you know I, I, I would I would prefer it not to be Rodgers But I, I've kind of almost made my peace with the fact I, It would be a very typical Celtic move to do it The the, the one that kind of sharpened my focus Was Davy Moyes No harm to Davy Moyes But that's not for me no. at all and, and just to catch this just now We'll, we'll get into a wee bit of the um, speculation About who it might be and who it won't the suggestion just now, we're recording here on Monday evening, the suggestion just in the last few minutes is that Rodgers has ruled himself out. There's something confirmed. come through. Not confirmed, but the suggestion is that it's not the right timing for him just now. The story is that he's going to take some time out of football and then revisit it. So it does make a lot of sense. And, and I, I can't believe all three of us. There's so many folk that I'm amazed by that I've seen online, guys that I know pretty well, saying they'd fully welcome Brendan Rodgers back. And they were fully against it in 2019. So it's amazing how these things do come full, full circle. But in terms of Ange... We know, or we certainly knew, that he's got a, a, this ruthless streak in him. We've seen it in the way that he's dealt with some of the players, the way he's dealt with some of the press as well. So maybe this shouldn't be as, as much of a surprise as it, as it has become. But you'll have seen some of the chat online, people calling him a rat and all that kind of stuff. I never realised how fat he was on these days. There's people starting to question his, his overall look, which is something. Where do you stand on it, Miff? Uh, I, think, I think it's been a bit... Sly, I do. Um, I, the, the, that bit you mentioned there, James, about the professional football manager, absolutely, that that isn't lost on me. You know, I, the reality is, I don't think any manager who works in in Scotland will ever get offered a job as big. And when I say big, I mean with everything it entails, as a sports job, managing a what should be every year a top six side based on the resources they've got. Um, I think that's a very big carrot for MD that was, you know, desperate to work in Europe then got their sort of entry level in, in, in Celtic, the SPL, achieved domestic dominance, Champions League qualification, which you can argue is probably as, as much as you can achieve. Yes, there's the desire to do better in Europe, but but that's, that's your absolute fundamentals that you need to achieve. And he's done that, so you can you can be absolutely clinical and look at it that way and say he's achieved everything and achieved here, and his stocks at its highest. We were chatting about that earlier, and he has to go for it. You know, if James was his agent, he'd be advising the same, all that type of thing. But to have played on so many different elements of the way we are as a fan base, mixture of him himself being an immigrant and all all those different times, the different things, saying not too long ago we'd be surprised about how long he'd be here. Well, he was right about that. <laughs> I'll give him that. So that's the, they're the bits that don't sit right with me. And listen, it's all after timing, isn't it? You know, you're looking back and you're saying, oh, well, with the, the, the benefit of hindsight, we can all turn around and call him a, a rat. But, you know, when you, when you look at 
when you look how Rogers acted, he bolted when there was still work to be done in the season. Um, and she's seen it to a lot closer to the season, but ultimately his head's been his head's been out the building before the end of the season as well. It's just that the news has been held back for for longer. So, I, I'm I'm you know I, for, for me, it's just really poor, really poor. And and whilst I I. I I, I, I don't think I wish him any ill. Maybe maybe I'll become more bitter over the next few days. But I don't think I wish him any ill. I'm just I'm just bitterly bitterly disappointed by the way this has played out. Yeah, there's a suggestion that so his agent's a guy called Frank Trimbley. You might have seen him on the park, you know, with Ange at different celebrations, and he's believed to have been pushing really hard for the move, allegedly over the last couple of months. So Spurs are I think seventy days without a manager. So we don't know how long Ange's been in contact. They've obviously been knocked back by a couple of different managers, but. Uh, again, this is where I just fall on the fact that this is just football. That's his job. His job is to get his client the best possible deal. And at some point, apparently he's close to Levy as well, and he's based in London. And at some point, he's obviously turned around to Ange and said, this is a goer. There's, there's something to this. James, do we just need to now accept Celtic's place in the pecking order when it comes to not just players, but managers? This is just football. They come and go. Ange, I think he got it right when he said, listen, don't get too close because that's what happens. We've seen it with Iranovic, we've seen it with Giacomacchus. Do we just need to accept at Celtic that if a guy comes as manager and is successful for two, maybe three years at a push, then he naturally gets to move on? Yeah, it, just for a moment, if you keep to the, the professional angle of it, if Trimbley doesn't convince Sanchez to take this move, right? He stays for a year and like I've seen earlier on, doesn't work out in Europe and his stock falls and he doesn't then get a move next year. The agent, the agent isn't getting paid and then Trimbley's job will be under pressure and all that stuff. So he, he is motivated to keep his job and make these moves. It's an unfortunate, fairly grubby part of the game, but it, but it is what it is. There's a real positive in here in that, you know, Rogers and Postacoglu. Not Ange, Postacoglu. Oh, you're going full something. Ange's going. Like it. Postacoglu. Like it. I um, can get on board with that. Uh, uh, <laughs> they've both been recognised for their talent by EPL teams. So there's a positive in there that, you know, we can sell that to managers, but also, you know, the, the football we are playing and the way we play football and the results we get, the achievements we make, they're being recognised. So you can see that. And then as part of that, absolutely. You know, we, we don't expect to keep the players for, you know, five years, seven years, Larson style. It's, we've been saying it all the way through, Ange. It's two to three years you'd expect these players to stay and they'll go in within that. And they should be going mm -hmm. within that. So I think we just need to apply that logic then to the management. Yeah. While I remember we were chatting off air um, not long ago, tell us about the butterfly effect and how it's come into play here. A butterfly effect. So Juve get caught up in their latest, you know, cheating at football scandal and the director of football at the time was then director of football uh, at Spurs by that time. And he obviously had to be fired because he was getting banned for three years or something like that. So he's out for Spurs. Scotty Munn's in. Scotty Munn, the Australian. Australian, who goes, I know a guy. And I'm just now Spurs manager. So the butterfly effect in, in general is that if a butterfly flaps its wings somewhere, there's this knock-on effect and ramifications across the globe. And So yeah, so Juventus cheat and Ange ends up at Spurs. Is, is because Juventus the, cheated, we've lost our manager. Yeah, that, that doesn't sit well at all. Um, let's go into some of the quotes, Smith. You've mentioned a couple in passing. Um, as I said, you know, just in part of prep for today's episode... There's quite a lot of quotes I've looked at and they, they do not sit well at all now. I probably loved them at the time. I'm quite sure I did. And now I'm just thinking, oh, that doesn't read well for Ange at all. Sorry, Postacoglu. Miff, the one that I quoted at the top of the shop was don't get too attached to your heroes. So that was in November 22 when talking about 
Giacomakis and Juranovic leaving. And with the benefit of hindsight, he was possibly also including himself somewhere within that quote. As much as I don't believe he knew back at that point what was going to transpire. You flagged that as a concern at the time. You did <clears throat> uh, on, on the show. You went, hmm, maybe that applies to him as well. Did I? So wise, man. Sounds like something you would say to know. It does. Fair enough. I'll take it. Uh, I'm going to read out, though, a slightly longer quote from Ange. So this was just over a few months ago. It was the end of February. So three and a bit months ago. Not long in life's bigger picture. I'm still here, even though people have been getting me out the door. I'm hoping that over the course of time, as long as I'm here, and I think you'll be surprised how long I'm here, I'm just consumed by what I do, which is to try and make this football club the best it can be and to enjoy every minute of it. Mate, the world of management, I'm too old to be carried on by anybody. Things change very quickly. How many managers last three years in their, role, in their roles these days? You've either got to have extraordinary success or in rare circumstances, a club sticks by you. Apart from that, everyone doesn't last that long. I'm going into my third year next year and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and not really worry about what other people see because I'll tell you what, the first thing people will say is I'm not ambitious enough because I'm not moving on. Maff, what do you make of those comments now based on everything we know? Well, I think he's actually kind of covered no bases there with what he's saying because what he's saying is, you know, nothing would surprise me type thing. Things change quickly, all that. And it really does cover him whilst he's saying on the one hand that um, he's committed he's also saying well but that could change you know so it, all, all bases are covered and, and again with hindsight you're looking in and picking out bits of the, the quote that, that suit your argument in many ways but the context to all this is the fact that he he made us feel secure by what he said and and therefore last week when the the sort of rumours first started swirling we did feel relatively comfortable about it um, ultimately the, the game of football creates these situations. We support a club. We support our club. That's what it is to us. It's emotional to us. It's, it's an emotional investment. Um, but to others who come and go, the, the kind of players and the managers who pass in and pass out, really gone are the days where it means a lot to them. Unless they're an academy graduate or somebody that supported the club when they were younger, everybody else that comes in you know, doesn't, doesn't love the club but may grow to love it when, when they come in. Somebody like Emilio Azaghiri would be the obvious you know, scenario. Well, striking, of, of course. Um, but I, I think just the rhetoric that Ange used in his whole time here did make it feel different. It did feel to me like it was different, um, which means that the fact that he's left so quickly when I feel there's still work undone um, has came as a bit of a surprise and a shock, hence why I'm, I'm not too happy. And I don't think many Celtic fans will be happy. I, I, I do take James's point, though. One wee glimmer in this is the excitement he wants to come because we are in an excellent position financially as a club. We've qualified for the Champions League. Um, you know, the, 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 we've got the full summer ahead. What I will concede in all of this is that if it was going to get done, it had to get done quickly. It had to be done as yep. quickly as possible after the end of the season. So for that, that is a good thing. That That is a good thing. Not dragging on. Not dragging yeah. on and us being in the middle of June, towards the end of June, and we're still wondering if he's going to go, then he goes, and then it's the same situation we were in when he first arrived. If you can get somebody in the door within the next, say, 10 days, has to be. then, you know, great, because the targets are already identified. Mm -hmm. The talks have already the plan, been the held. In place. The, the players that are being sold are being sold. The good thing is if you bring in somebody, they can either... Kai Bosch, somebody being sold if they want to keep them. Might not suit the player, but you take my point. You know, ratify the signings that are being made. 
and then because I imagine that'll be part of the discussions initially to see look here's who we've got our eye on you know blah 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 and then gives them time to get to work I, I, I'm I not sure what route the club will go down I, I, you know Rogers is an obvious one just for, for, for obvious reasons the Maresca City Group link um, is one that's you know I know you were a big Enzo Maresca fan the first time 18 Somebody like Potter, I, I don't think Potter would come to Scotland. I, I can't, I can't see him coming up here. I think the the, the job is one he would, he would maybe like, but I can't, I, I just can't see him so soon after Chelsea. I can't see him coming we'll, up. We'll get to those guys shortly, but I think I, I'd like to hope that uh, Andrew will have that this news will have been kept within a fairly closed off circle. I'd like to think Andrew would have given Michael Nichols in his place. You know, given that on paper it looks like they've got a great relationship, and I'd like to think you know between Michael Nicholson, the City Group contacts, Mark Lawl, and others. They have a plan in place. It looks like Andrew will be confirmed, certainly within the next 24 hours, possibly less, possibly by the time we stop recording. I thought, here. I thought it was if, thin just there, eh? If, uh, if timelines are to believe, he was granted permission at one o'clock and agreed terms at four. Aye. Yeah, that's, that's pretty that. rapid, aye. Yeah, yeah well, I'll yeah. get to that in a wee but minute. He was fully focused they, last week on the. The great cruisers have hardly touched <laughs> a seat in the plane. Yeah. James, just going back to that quote before we kind of move on from that piece. So, various pieces within it. You know, you'll be surprised at how long I'm here. That's, that's gone to sh- Beat me out, Dave. Um, the other thing about um, <laughs> these things happen very quickly, and I suppose that's a valid point. You know, things do change very quickly in football. It's it's just the way of the world. You know, and that's that's life. But do you think he's been genuine throughout? You know, with these various things, is is that what he truly believed at the time, or do you think he's always known that he's going to jump ship? I think he's potentially had offers. By the way, there was chat that he was sounded out about Leeds earlier in the season. Not interested. It's not. I don't think it's quite the first time someone's come calling he's jumped. I think there's people been interested in Ange before now, but he's moved on now and it, it doesn't sit well at the moment. But where are you at? Do you think he's been genuine? You need to put a blank over my head, if I'm going to be honest here. I think he has been genuine and it's a positive um, outlook to take on him. I think he has been genuine. I think he's been caught by surprise by the calibre of the offer put in front of him. I don't think he expected to get that level at this stage, I thought in his own mind, he might need a bit of positive exposure in Europe that would bring you know, offers, maybe not even as high as Spurs, around about Spurs kind of thing. But not not Leeds where you're going, as a basket case, they could go down. And they did. Mm-hmm. So he was right and he'll have been advised right to not take that for whatever money. So then the Spurs offer comes along and he goes, I've said a lot of things that go completely against that, but I've got new information in front of me. And I'm going to take the move. The circumstances have changed. I, I think you're right. I think if you know if Leeds came in, Southampton came in, even Everton, not big enough, not enough to turn his head. And I know Spurs are a riot at this moment in time, but they're a big club. You're right. They're, they're a top six club. You know, more often than not, they've got the infrastructure there. If Daniel Levy can rein it in a wee bit, they've got huge potential, and that's what Ange loves. You can see why he's been drawn to it. What a couple of thoroughly nice <laughs> gentlemen you are. Just lovely. You know, just you know, sunny side up. Positivity, glass half full, you know, <laughs> help my old grannies across the road. Just the best guys, really. Are. I mean, do the same for you. Oh, no, no, you would. I'll tell you what, my fault. I'll ask you something else, which will get you angry. Um, what about how he approached Cup final week, right? He shut down all the external noise, asked for full focus from the players, the fans, almost asked the media to, you know, to give him a, a bit of respite on that. But I think he was right to do so because what alternative, Miff? Uh, listen, big game on Saturday, guys. I'm speaking to Spurs, by the way, but big game on Saturday. He can't come out with that. And I think he's got to to pause on that, what are you saying? Don't speak to Spurs then. Do your job. That's not how football works, though, is it? Well, don't do both. Don't don't pretend it's it's not happening when it's happening. 
But it happens all the time, right? Managers and players I know it happens get all the time, but don't, don't straight up lie to you. You're fully focused on something when you're not. So that's just what I think. I think he was 91.5% focused, Miff. But I said to James last night, I think he's had a couple of Zoom calls with Daniel Levy and others. He, he can't not have spoken. It's, the, the pace has gone at over the last 24 hours or so. He can't not have had conversations, or at least his agent can't not have been speaking the to partic- his The particular rat that I smell is that I believe this was done before the season ticket deadline. That's what I, I believe. Um, I don't think there's any tie-in with that. Listen, He's got an authority. As a, as I as, say, po- as a podcaster, ITK. Hi, podcaster, ITK. Sign up to my newsletter. <laughs> um, the I've not got one, by the way. Um, uh, nah, too many, too many rat. Uh, not rat. No, too many red. Hi, rat. I'll go with that. Too many red flags for me. Nah, not having it. Disingenuous. With nonsense. We've been fed an absolute load of nonsense. We've been kippered. We've been done. And you know what? So be it. We need to move on. We need to get a new manager. But it will affect how I look at him. That, that, the lead up to that and how this has been done will affect how I look at him. It'll probably pass with time. Like you say, some of the, some of the days he's given us have been phenomenal. But how it feels now is it just feels really quite disingenuous. Just, just to you know a specific point about last week where he's saying he's full focus. Do you have an issue with that in particular? What else could he say? He could not do it. It's not what he said. It's what he aye, did. The, the, aye, I feel. I feel there's been a lot of cloak and dagger stuff going on. I, as I say, disingenuous telling you one thing, meaning another. Yeah. You know, his trousers look stupid. His jacket looks stupid. His hair looks stupid. His beard looks stupid. I never liked that jumper. Never liked that. No, my jumper. <laughs> jumpers, jumpers are Jumpers. Jumpers. <laughs> that's, that's you're, gone. you're going to see the uh, the Go charity on. shops full of grey jumpers ah, for man. guys like Miff. Man. Um, I mean, the, you know, Miff's theory and, and stuff that he's heard is that it's been known in the building at least for a couple of weeks. And I suppose that's where it doesn't sit well because as a fan, you're just you're all in on on lifting the trophy last Saturday. You're all in on going to Hamden to break a world record, you know, Saturday past there. But it seems that everything's been taken care of in the background, and that's what doesn't sit well. I I, I think the team played like they knew he was away as well. I, I, real plaudits to the players for getting through that because whether they knew it, I don't think they knew it, but they knew something was going on. And like us, it was becoming more and more likely as the week went on. And they've kept their task and get the job done. Yeah. Till do, we'll move on from, from all the Ange bashing. Um, maybe very justified, don't get me wrong, but we'll move on to something, you know, a bit more enjoyable, I suppose. And as you say, James, there's a there's a lot of excitement here because out with the old and with the new, you know, the the, the prospect of, of who could be the next guy is always pretty exciting. Um, and as you touched on, if the role has never been so attractive. So, you know, you've got a first-team squad full of really talented players, some guys at the peak of their powers, some guys yet to, to move into their peak years. You'll have a sizable transfer budget, potentially the biggest in our history, you know, given the the way the club's been running in the last couple of years. Guaranteed Champions League group stage football. I don't think that's ever been on offer to a new manager. You've had qualifiers and the potential of. This is guaranteed. And just a general point about the fans and the club in general being on a, a massive high, having lifted another treble. So, James, lots of names doing the rounds already, which is no surprise. But we should be able to attract a really high calibre of manager this time around, shouldn't we? Absolutely. And, you know, if... The you know immediate rumours about Rogers are true in terms of he's, he's ruling himself out. Then we've got to start you know really moving at pace on these because as you're touching on there the, the player profile that we've got, there's going to be changes within there. And you know up until a couple of weeks ago we were thinking about coming in here after the season's over and doing a bit of a kind of transfer show and stuff like that, work out who's moving. And there's a lot of moving parts to be moved around. That totally changes depending on the manager that comes in and the manager has got to be 
continuity in terms of style of football. You can't bring Moyes in because he want different players, inverted fullbacks, that's gone. He won't be playing flowing football. So you've got to be thinking along the lines of Knutson and, and managers like that. So I mean, there's a, you know, a 15-20 man list there. Um, and it will go from the sublime to the ridiculous. Keep in mind that on that list you've got the likes of Roy Keane and Lenny and Bruni and Steven Gerrard, all the <laughs> stupid stuff you see. Yeah, yeah. So you can rule them out. But I tell you what, we'll take a short look at a few of the bookies' favourites. So I've listed just four now and I know there's more. Um, we'll start with Brendan Rodgers and just uh, we'll look at a couple of pros and cons of each. Pros, Miff, he knows the city. Uh, proven winner, talented coach, seriously raised standards on his arrival at Celtic. I coined the phrase earlier on, better the devil you know. Um there's some cons. Maybe he is the con, con but man, yes, he is. the Danny McGrain stuff. Plenty son and a friendly. Wow, what a move that was, if you remember that. Listen, as I say, I don't think it'll happen. The news seems to be doing the rounds that it's not happening, but just short, Muff, where would you be if you were the man? As I say, it's a business decision if, if they brought him in. I'd, I'd, well, I'd accept there's not, nothing you can do about it, but um, I'd, I'd prefer I'd prefer other options, but I, I, I would understand if the club appointed them because whilst we are in a, a good position we're only in a good position if the person coming in has the calibre to handle the position that we're in and there are very few managers with the, the experience that, that Rogers has also what, what you would know for the start is that he is an absolute rat and would jump at the first <laughs> offer that he got so you would already be making a yeah, plan for that anyway you know, you know, no but you know you know what you're getting yeah. you know and, and it goes back to the better the devil you know you know that if a decent offer comes for England the Leeds job he would have took the Leeds job he wouldn't he wouldn't have waited, he would have he would have took that. So um you, you know what you're getting. If you appoint that then he'll mend you because he, he, he will just bolt as soon as he gets another offer. James, your short reply on Rogers? Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, it's like why did the scorpion kill the frog? Because it's a scorpion. That's what mm. scorpions do. You know, you're you're pre warned with that. Um I think if you structure <laughs> things right <laughs> Why did the scorpion kill the frog? That's a new one. That's oh, a new that's an old classic. No, that's a, I've not heard that <laughs> one. Same as I've never heard the MDL in the future. Yeah, I, didn't know, I didn't know about George Jetson on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we well, haven't got time for the full, so I'll give you that after the show. I, I, right. Right. Okay. I, I, um, I liked the metaphor in this. <laughs> I do that. It's great. Um, <laughs> but if you move towards a director of football structure, then you can, I mean, very much inverted commas, trust Rogers to come in. If you let Rogers come in and say, I'm doing this and that, the next thing, Absolutely not. You've got to give him a really limited scope and a good relationship with his, his scouting team. See, just on, on that, see, just on that. So, Rogers did very well initially when he went to Leicester. Mm -hmm. But both at Celtic and at Leicester, he's subsequently not been backed. Yeah. And Liverpool. And, and, and you know, why do you think the, the board are seeing something in his management still that says, there's a, there's a definitely a, a time limit on how ego. effective he it's, can be. It's the ego, you know, and that, that ego can take you to success, nah. but it can also really, you know, poison your, your, your circle. And I think folk just go, hmm, maybe not, you know. I, I think what we now need to move towards as a club, and it apparently was going to be the case when Dom Mackay swept into power a couple of years ago. Is Dom coming back? <laughs> Dom, Dom is off, okay, but... He's won the war. In, ter <laughs> <laughs> in terms of the... The longer term future, I, I can now see why it makes sense to have this director of football role, whoever that may be. You know, people are suggesting Martin O'Neill's and different things, but whoever that may be, which allows for a head coach to just come and go, and it just allows that continuity because the alternative is so Ange came in and clearly had full control of the football department. Brendan Rodgers the same, and when they go, it just leaves you in pieces. You want to maybe move towards a system where it's just a head coach that just slots in like another piece of the puzzle, and if you get a talented head coach. They can come and go every two years if they want because we'll just bring in the next one. I think to be fair to 
particularly Michael Nicholson, they've been making those moves. There's been a lot of quiet, high-caliber appointments being posted in the background at Celtic, you know, under Mark Lowell's team. And they're, you know, touch wood, they're staying in place. So that this structure is being built and you've got, you know, a strongly improved uh, fitness management, you know, talent talent acquisition, all that kind of stuff. So as long as that keeps going and they flesh it out to a full structure, then, you know, it, it should be much simpler. I don't think we're in a powerless position in that in that regard. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, next on the list, so big favourite of mine, Miff, I've spoke about him a lot and I spoke about him before we got Ange, John Kennedy. I'm a really big fan of John Kennedy. Talented, experienced, well-rated coach. He's learned from a, a number of high-caliber managers, least of all Ange himself, Rogers. Neil Lennon. Maybe Lenny. Ronnie, he's picked up stuff off all of them. He's a smart guy. He speaks brilliantly. I really like John Kennedy. Uh, knows obviously all about Celtic and what's required. That's that's never in question. The big con, of course, for John would be that he's never been a manager in his own right. And the other suggestion is that he may well go on to join Ange at Spurs, which is interesting in itself. But what's your take on John Kennedy, James? I think he learned under Rogers how to leave Celtic in the lurch, eh? Who? Yeah. Kennedy. Oh, he? <laughs> Look at Jeez. What? He, 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 He's probably going to go. <laughs> this is Mikey Johnson territory here, man. Woo! Did you see that face? Whoa. I'm telling mum. For those uh, listening on Spotify or iTunes, Tino just made a disgusted face. <laughs> no, I'm a huge Kennedy fan. And I think there is a time when, you know, he will be Celtic manager, but he's got to go out and, you know, bury, uh, cut his teeth elsewhere. Um, I think it's a really good move for him to go with Ange and, you know, learn how it is to be in that, that type of environment with those, those that calibre of player and the type of you know football and training facilities they'll have all that stuff and then see where he goes in his own and then maybe there's a place at Celtic I don't think it's now it might have been this time next year but that'll be changed now OK it, it, if and just to believe to be believed which is obviously questionable um, he doesn't often take staff That's with thing. him Aye. so very interesting that of all the places he's been and the staff that he could have taken with him, Kennedy is the one that he, he chooses to take. So it's always been bandied around um, Celtic for, for a number of years, how highly rated Kennedy is and has been by everyone that's worked with him. Um, really unfortunate circumstances. I remember me and Tino clutching at straws, hoping that in those last few games in the, the COVID season, he would be able to do, do something. But, the, the squad that he had at his disposal were just so disengaged by that time. You know, he, John Joe Kenny getting away corners from inside his own half. Um, was it easier inside your own half? Well, half? It was at the halfway line. Oh, sorry. <laughs> inside, inside the opposition's half. That was, that's what I meant. My head scrambled, lads. Um, so, it just, I find that almost like a, a, a proof of all, all that that's been spoken about in the past around how highly rated he is. It's somebody we with Postacoglu's experience um, has come in and decided that he'd want to take him with him so uh, listen that, that in itself would be another blow because when you're going about continuity there's no more bigger similar continuity at Celtic than, than John Kennedy yeah, yeah I think he's been coached now uh, for 10 years give or take I think he was first team coach along with John Collins under Ronnie Dyler when was that 2014 oh, there's who I'd have dry C, dry C very set good. up competitions in the dressing room <laughs> There you go, wee man. That's your abs. Oh, there's your abs. <laughs> we'll move on for that. Uh, the other one, you mentioned him, James, Jesse Mars. So, 49 years of age, Jesse Mars, pros, very experienced manager, spent time at the, the Red Bull Club, Salzburg initially, good success there. Leipzig, not so much success, and Leeds, less so. Um, don't know if it's a pro or not, if he speaks fluent German, 
which I don't know might be handy. Bring back Marvin Comper. Um, yeah, cons definitely is that he's not got a lot of success to speak with, speak of on his CV. He won a, a league and cup double with Salzburg twice, but that's about it. And he, he's quite charismatic. I quite enjoyed watching and listening to him when he was at Leeds. But ultimately, he, he'd managed to save them from from relegation first time around, but ultimately it didn't work out beyond that. So, how would you feel about that kind of appointment? I've heard a couple of you know pre-match interviews with him and stuff like that. It gives me Jake Humphries vibes. You know, that is exactly what uh, I was going to say, mate. Really, uh, I swear, I swear, that's exactly what I was going to say. And so I'm, I'm in all in. Are, they, are they good vibes? <laughs> I, I, I'm into you know, the positive thought and all that stuff. I'm looking, looking at the future, but I love the future. But why are you sitting in the comfy chair? That's exactly. Um, but then, just some of it feels a bit bullshitty. Do you know what I mean? So there you go. We should be used to that by now, lads. Yeah. <laughs> what do you feel about Jesse Mars from what you know of him? <sighs> Issues we. With somebody called Jesse being the Celtic manager, from I'm being honest, can't say that in 2023. Yeah, Modernise, myth. Modernise. Um, no, I don't. No, I'd be able to. Um, I think he would be a reasonable fit. Um, I think he would be a reasonable fit around. You mentioned continuity and style of play. I think he would play a broadly similar way. Um, I think he would. You know, having success at Salzburg would suggest that. Big fish, small pond expectation is something he'd be used to, rather than, you know, Leipzig, you maybe had heavy investment, but expected to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with bigger guns that are there. And then it leads anybody following Bielsa, you know, the, the team were on a downward trajectory by the time he got there, he did be able to keep them up, but I don't think the investment's been great in the, the summer, of which he, he would have been part of. So... Uh, you know, that there's there's wee bits that would be good, but I think there's more of it that would be bad. I just don't think he's quite had that. Although I think he had a reasonable run in the Champions League with Salzburg. Did they not did they not get Liverpool a fright over a couple of games if memory serves me correct? So I don't know, there, there's positives and negatives with, with Marsh. Um That's, I, I, this is what it's going to be interesting if we appoint a coach or a manager here. And I think he's a coach, you know, yeah, in its true sense. And maybe he struggled with the weight of expectation of doing all things at Leeds. If all he had to do was come in, I'm saying all he had to do, it's obviously a huge job. But if all you need to do is come in and deal with the playing side of things and make sure the training's spot on and your system and your approach and your you know your tactics and all that, then I think you're looking for a very different type of profile. Ange Postacoglu is a manager in every sense. Guys like Jesse Marsh and others that might be, you know, throw their, their hat in the ring, you might get away with it, if that's the right term, of just appointing a really decent coach. Uh, yes, and again, it feeds back into the structure being right behind the scenes. You know, you can you can take confidence in that if if the structure's already there. But I I don't I don't know. I think it's maybe going to need a different type of character than Jesse Marsh to to navigate stress. Like you say, I think there's a, an element of you know he's a bit of a LinkedIn manager, uh, Jesse Marsh, um, rather than somebody that's maybe going to need to come in and. You know, come in with a clear vision, yes, but also have the the strength of personality. You know, uh, one thing about Ange Postecoglou is really strong character and the power of his personality obviously meant a, a lot within the squad of players and the, the way that he went about things. So that 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 change is going to come for the playing squad. I think it's really important we get we get a balance that works for the squad as well. And I'm just not quite sure Jesse Marsh would be too. I don't know, as I say, a bit too. Almost a bit too corporate. <laughs> I, th I think it's really important to distinguish between a coach and a coach. There's there's coaches who are 
BBC guys out on the playing field laying stuff out. Balls, bibs and cones, myth. <laughs> and, and, there's co- and there's coaches. I think Ange would have fitted a director of football structure with his coaching style because he's a, he's a leader, you know. So it's got to be a coach with gravitas and presence. It can't just be somebody that's there to do drills, you know. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, in the nicest way, I don't, I don't think Gavin Strachan has the personality to go and take something like that on, albeit he's a good coach. But I think there are coaches who do have the, the gravitas and the status to potentially step in. You, whatever, whoever's appointed, you need to be strong in so many ways in terms of your media management, how you address the fans and all that. And it, as I say, it falls cheaply now, but Ange had that in spades at the time. Martin O'Neill had it in spades. Brendan Rodgers had it in spades. Even Lenny at times, you know, successful Celtic managers can handle all of that side of the game. And there's more to it as a Celtic manager than just knowing football. You know, there's a whole yeah, other correct. side. Yep. Um, the last one I want to touch on is Graham Potter. So, obviously, he's very highly rated down south, so much so that Chelsea decided to give him a five-year deal, which looks foolish now, given they've chopped him pretty sharp. But he worked wonders at Brighton. You know, clearly, you know, got something about him. The con, of course, is that he'll have been on an absolute fortune. He'll be on some sort of gardening leave just now. And I think as soon as he picks up another job, that'll affect what's still getting paid out. So that might be dead in the water before it even starts. But he's in the running. He's somewhere, certainly within the you know the bookies list at the moment. Any thoughts on that, James, on what he might do? So I wouldn't be looking at it closely enough in terms of when he was at Brighton. Obviously, the uh, Chelsea thing was over before it started, really. But, I mean, do you see him as a... An Eddie Howe type, you know, an intelligent coach, manager. You know, I, I don't know enough about him. To, I think to some that. some coaches, managers just suit certain clubs. And what he done is he went into a club at Brighton with, I don't want to say low expectations because they're an ambitious club and, and like Brentford, they've moved to a, a type of money ball what's system. Guy, Tony, what's his name? Tony Bloom. Aye. Yep. So the, the, that's the kind of <laughs> we should get Tony Bloom to pick a manager basically because mm. he's the one that's. You know, bringing these structures in and doing it in budget as well. That, that's what I was going to say. Brentford and Brighton would be great examples of that. Where I think Brentford had Dean Smith leave, Thomas Frank coming out as an assistant, have kept the same philosophy around the club, got promoted off the back here. Um, then you've got Brighton with Desebri coming in. They've just, they've actually went and kicked on again. Recruitment's been excellent. I think Ange actually referenced the recruitment. Um, is it Matoma? Matoma, Aye. because he he tried to get him. Uh, somebody wanted to, to bring in initially. Um, so I think potentially for Potter, taking away the financial aspect of it because of the, the Chelsea situation, uh, I, th- I think Potter's philosophy and Celtic, the way that they're hoping to be structured, would be a good fit. Um, but having managed Brighton and then Chelsea, I I, I would think that he would fit in the same category as Ange that he would probably get a top a top half where job it, in England the next time it come up where it could be interesting for somebody like Potter so Potter is now in this reputation building stage again like at Olympic you know he's failed at Chelsea dress it up how you want and at the moment if he doesn't take a job like Celtic what, what does he get next he gets bottom half of the table probably and that's where he's at yeah. what you can see now taking the positives from it here but what you can see from Ange is that if you're highly successful at Celtic, there is a route to top six. And you'll be the first guy to you know, blaze that trail. But that could be the move for Potter to say, OK, I'm going to give you two years. I'm going to sweep the boards. I'm going to restore your credibility in Europe. And hopefully I'll then get the call that Ange got. And that's it. There's, there's a you know, sizable budget at Celtic this summer. And you're going to be getting great exposure every two weeks, all throughout the UK, Champions League football. So better to catch exposure of that type if you're confident in your own abilities than a club, you know, like you say, bottom half of the Premiership that's you know going to get doings most of the time, you know, and just just bump about kind of thing, and maybe 
you know, push for Europe, but also maybe be in the relegation zone. So dangerous. Yeah, you could see why it would be attractive to him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think what's important here is that we bring someone in quickly so that there isn't almost like a hangover from from that, Andrew. That, that's my main reason for falling into Brendan Rodgers' trap that he set me. <laughs> is that is the <laughs> pace is most important to I, me here? Obviously, yeah. not making a mistake is is prime. Yeah, but pace very close yeah, to side. Yeah, we, we can't leave it too long and then get involved in a saga. Much like Tottenham have done themselves. You know, we need we need something decisive, something quick. Um, but I do also think we need someone with experience. So, look, Maresca being the, the one that I, I don't think would be a good route to go down. But he's a name that seems to continually pop him back up. So, Maresca will definitely be considered as part because he's part so of the city group. group. So, he's currently Pep's number two. But, you know, a couple of years ago, we were potentially in for him and he went to Parma and failed, you know, on his own. He's now come back and restored some credibility. So, who knows if someone like that might be in the mix. We don't have time to cover the various others just now, but names, some you've mentioned, some you've not. Davey Moyes, no thanks. Lenny, that's done. Bruni, maybe in the future, not now. Steve Clark. The, the bookies are guessing as much as anybody else, aren't they? And there's so many names that don't inspire. Kevin Muscat. Uh, I don't have a problem with the, the Rangers side thing of it. You can't stand Rangers. You got to know the the dark side of it all and just went, nah, that's no. not my kind of thing, you know. So he's basically followed in Ange's footsteps. Ange yeah, left Melbourne, yeah. Muscat stepped in and followed the success. And he's uh, Angelo told Celtic about him. Yeah, he's currently manager at Yokohama and, and he's won the league there as well. So there's a lot of other names in the hat, but you might you might also find the the eventual appointment of someone that we've just not mentioned. You know, there's obviously a huge market. As I said at the top there, it's the position we're in, it's so attractive right now. And all of a sudden, you, you were maybe potentially a couple of years ago speaking to a pretty small pool when you know Eddie Howe and whatever fell through, now that's expanded dramatically, and you maybe get to sit in front of guys that you wouldn't otherwise see. I think it'll still be a small pool, and Matt Law will be heavily involved in this, given you know his footballing career, his you know behind the scenes footballing career. It's just a, a level up. Moving on from that speculation, uh, let's take a short look at the first team squad and what impact Andrew's exit will have on some of the players. So, I mean, he's brought some of them halfway around the world here on the Celtic Dream, and now he's off. And you, you've got to look at guys like Kyogo and Maeda and various lads from Japan who have you know really gone all out for Ange and, and been amazing for him um, but the question would be who do you think may also think now is the right time for them to move on some may join Ange at Spurs you know I think the likes of Jota, Kyogo and Hatati might be in that conversation somewhere but do you see anybody is anyone jumping at you that might just say this is the right time for me to leave Celtic as well the, the biggest one for me based in his relationship with the manager would be Kyogo um, and I also think he is absolutely I mean that goal and Saturday is just again razor sharp. Uh, he is an outstanding footballer. He really is. I just love watching him. I hope, I hope the fact that he settled and be picked for Japan would mean that he would he would stay. But yeah, as I just mentioned, he's a winner. He's fiercely ambitious. Um, and I just worry that one thing that will probably be guaranteed is if Andrew goes down there, and he'll pay the going rate for him. You know, he'll pay money, which will. You know this Celtic board If they know that they're going to get North of 25 million for them They'll be, they'll be all in And 25 is a sub-striker in the Premiership But that's you know? that's what I mean So the, you know if That that makes sense But I, I hope And I pray that he stays He's phenomenal Hitachi is slightly different for me Because of the age he is And he is on that progressive journey And, and the plan would always have been To come to Celtic for a couple of years And leave I think we're all You know realistic enough in that he is a phenomenal talent. I, I still the man plays at forty percent. I think if somebody can just unlock that key on him, they can get a bit more out of him. He's oh, he's ridiculously talented. 
Um, it'll be a sad day when Hitati goes, but I'd kind of almost steal myself the likes of Hitati or Ailey, Abada, for me, were the ones that would most likely move on. And, and I'd heard a rumour about Starfelt as well, again, just people saying Starfelt, but I'd, I, I, I would imagine he'd be somebody that'd be more likely to stay. James, I'll, I'll throw a couple of, of others at you before I do so. Uh, Thomas O'Connor, big fan of the show, and, and thanks to Thomas for his support. He's got in touch and saying, Lefandre, it's all these guys he speaks so highly. Surely we should be expecting a bit of ten million for Tony Ralston any day now. I don't know if that'll happen. You can give me your thoughts on it. But a couple of other guys that Miff didn't mention there, uh, Jota, and a potential Spurs return for Cameron Cattle Vickers might be something that would happen. Yeah, I think you need to be realistic as well. Though the the level that Andrew's going to be operating, sorry, Boston Coglu is going to be operating at now. It'll take time. Um, he's going to be operating at now and. Yeah, you can go and get those guys and they would cost you, you know, heavy money from Celtic. They're all on new contracts, you know, those two, two in particular. Um, but you yeah, want to go in there, you want to have a good look at what he's got. I think he's going to have to clear that out because the attitude in there stinks. That's their biggest problem. They've let this kind of attitude permeate the club and it's not been, you know, stamped upon. And you'll stamp upon it. Potocoggle stamp upon it. I will get, I'll get better. Yeah. I mean, he's, he has his fishing in different waters now, Miff, and he doesn't have to scrape around as much although I mean I don't think he's a manager that would just go down there and flippantly just blow millions because he now can he, he's, he's a student that we couldn't afford mm-hmm. and he'll go I can afford them now yeah but gut feeling do you think he'll take in our guys maybe Kyogo as a sub striker mm-hmm. I really do you know because you know, Kyogo come on last half an hour for Spurs he could do a lot of damage down there no bother at all he, he could play himself into a, a regular slot as well but they're going to go out and spend daft money replacing Kane That'll be their, their chief striker. But if you want a bit of cover there, Kyogo's the man. Miff, a, a slightly different question, but with Ange moving on, is there anyone who you think may be given a reprieve at Celtic? We've spoken about David Turnbull, really talented, but your point has always been, James, that he doesn't quite fit Ange's system in the fast pace of it, the free-flowing football. New coach will have new ideas. You know, whoever comes in, it won't be a, an identical of what Ange is doing. So maybe a talent like David Turnbull might be staying around. I thought he'd have spring in his step Saturday when he so came on. So okay. So they okay. Is that, that you with me, aye? Aye, see you later, mate. Um, yes, is the quick answer to that. And and if if the squad is drained, then it might be through necessity because you'll need to keep guys like Turnbull in the building if somebody like Hitati or, or whoever's going, going to go. There was always going to be a period of, or this pre season was always going to be a period of flux anyway, just because we had been readied for that by by the manager. In the quotes that you already read out earlier, Tino, little did we know he, he was included in that, but um, it just might make it a bit bumpier this this summer. And it just goes back to the point of why you need to get somebody in quicker because that's the situation that has to be managed. I, I would hope that the, the key in all of this is Callum McGregor because Callum McGregor staying and being on board with the new manager coming in, as we've seen, is the, is the key. I suppose should be signing to Callum McGregor. Think so? Good enough for that level? Yeah, yeah, 100% play any team. All the more important that he stays around. He looks like he's happy to stay around and he'll be galvanised by the, the responsibility he's been given as captain. He's broke his own world record by being the first and only player to win five trebles. And I think all the more important, if as you say, that we get someone in early because there's so much planning. Now. There's a lot of planning already being done, but there's so much now to be done in terms of who stays, who goes, when, how, why. There's a lot, a lot at stake. That's part of it, you know, that... Speaks to the David Pur- David Turnbull situation. The football we've played under Postecoglou is the best I've enjoyed in my Celtic supporting career. It would be madness not to try and 
maintain that with your next manager. And Turnbull doesn't fit with that. He's a brilliant technical player, likes to have time on the ball. It doesn't happen under that type of football. I think Italy, maybe Germany, are, are ready made for him. And I think it's, it's, it's over for him. We'll see, but we know that there's going to be a lot of fluctuation. I think the squad was potentially reaching its first proper cycle or the end of its first cycle and there was going to be some turnover. That will definitely be the case now that, that Angie's away. Listen, over the piece, it's been a brilliant couple of years. It's sore at the moment, but five trophies out of six tells its own story. Personally, overall, I don't have a huge issue with his exit. It's just football and it's, it's how it goes. But we certainly have to now get our own house in order quickly for another crack at the Champions League and beyond. Any final comments from you lads before we move on? Uh, for me, well, I just, uh, you know, keen to put the saga to bed, move on and, and see who's going to come in. That's 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 where I'm at. Um, the, you know, the position the club's in is, is what gives me the most comfort. But I think that makes it even more paramount that someone comes in and really takes a grip of the situation. We hold on to certain players and we start to build that squad for the Champions League. Yeah, I mean, what you've got to remember, and this is a good um, reminder of it, we're the constant, the fans. You know, these guys will always come and go, particularly when there's professional decisions to be made. We're the constant, and we'll support whoever comes in. OK, let's move on to this week's mystery sale, and we'll start with a quick reminder of last week's for anyone who missed it. So, clue number one, I scored 22 goals in 66 appearances for Celtic. Clue number two, I scored 20 goals in 63 caps for my country. And number three, I never won a thing during my time at Celtic. The answer, of course, was Polish striker Jackie Jakanowski. James, my first Celtic hero. Your thoughts on Jackie? Same, I had the, the Jackie posters from the from the programmes. Yeah, I mean, he, he just was. He was probably first time since maybe like some McLean stuff. He thought, oh, he's absolute dynamite, you know. Just had a phenomenal striker with a head full of broken balls. That was the problem. Yeah, I think he had distractions off the park. Uh, a short fact file. So he signed in July 89 from Ligia Warsaw for around about 600 grand. He achieved cult status by scoring those four goals against Partizan Belgrade in a 5-4 loss in the Cup Winners' Cup in September 89, which saw Celtic lose out on goal difference. And as James has alluded to, he just struggled to really settle properly. And I think it was Liam Brady who eventually bagged him, sent him to Bristol City for around about 250k in January 92, where I think he lasted about two months. It didn't last very long. Yeah, so that was that. Anything else you'd add on Jackanovsky enough? No, just again, a, a signing of such potential that, that never realised it off the field issues. Um, and I think he, he, he did pick up some genuine niggles as the fact he wasn't looking after himself as well. So um, a real shame that more didn't come of it, but um, it, it certainly was a, a fun time having him here. <laughs> One time indeed. Okay, let's move on to this week's mystery sale. If you're playing at home, jump to our Twitter page at Cell Exchange just now. And if you guess the correct answer, you'll be given access to an extended free trial of the Celtic Exchange Plus. Clue number one, I scored one goal in two and a half seasons at Celtic. I'll move on. That's not much to go on, to be fair. They're ropey clues, aren't they? Good clue coming up. Good clue coming up. Clue number two, I won the UEFA Cup and the UEFA Super Cup. And clue number three, I was part of my country's squad for Euro 2004 in Portugal. Oh, he's nailed it. Oh, yes, he's nailed it. Oh, yes. Is that over? Uh, it's over. <laughs> Miff is about to leave the building. However, was at 1210. We'll get that beeped out anyway, and I'll read out this next week's section. Well, the lads, uh, 
I've nailed that one rather than having a quick think about it. I just wanted to provide a short update on our plans in the weeks ahead now that the season has drawn to a close. We'll be back next week with the weekly show as normal, but we'll then be taking a short couple of weeks break before we're back to it as Celtic prepare for the new season under the guidance of Brendan Rodgers, Lenny, Roy Keane or whoever gets the job. Beyond that, however, we'll also be recording some special episodes for subscribers over at the Celtic Exchange Plus to keep you entertained over the close season. And we hope to announce them shortly to subscribers via email and on our social media channels. As always, you can keep an eye on everything we're doing by jumping to our website at theceltichexchange.com and while you're there, you can also sign up to our free weekly newsletter which will keep you fully up to date on all things Celtic. This is a bit where I say, what have you got? What's your answer? But as we know, Miff's nailed it. James, the score is now 12-10. 12-10. It's insurmountable. We've won. Insurmountable. I've got one more week and I can't do anything about it. So. A deep rubber. <laughs> Remember, if you think, like Miff, you know the answer to this week's Mystery Cell and want to enjoy an extended free trial of the Celtic Exchange Plus, then simply reply to our pinned tweet at Celtic Exchange using the hashtag Mystery Cell. Time for this week in Celtic Media, where each week we dig out something of interest from the world of Celtic Online. This week, James has got something which has almost been missed in all the Ange noise, and I think it's really important to catch this. So, James, what have you got? That's exactly it. You know, say when we came into the studio tonight, like, can I not just enjoy a Scottish Cup win and a, a world record uh, treble? you got all the distractions, you know, right on the back of it, and it's taken us away from what an outstanding achievement that was on Saturday, particularly, you know, for the players to, like I said earlier on, focus on that through all the noise. Um, and it's Ronnie Jehu Fair enough I think we uh, posted a clip from Right at the start of the season He puts an excellent showreel together A really talented kind of guy On his YouTube And he's taken a kind of Is it a kind of drone? Some camera and some drone kind of work. It's a kind of fan's eye view uh, of the day. Fan's eye view From the green Across the bridge Over the south side Up Aikenhead Road In at Hamden Goal, goal, goal Up the Back up the road Across the Celtic Park the whole shebang it's a phenomenal video magic yeah so I think it's Ronnie J 67 the account and you're right we highlighted something else that he'd done previously He's... I think he'd done a, a round up of last year's you know wins games the double right okay so good account definitely worth checking out so I think the, the piece is called A Treble Winning Day in the Life of a Celtic Fan it's about 15-16 minutes long and as James says it just encapsulates the whole day it's you know the walk from Glasgow Green to Hamden everything that entails and then back to Celtic Park and all the just the visuals and the, the the stunning kind of scenes from there. Um, you know, as I said, Muff, it's an amazing day and it, it deserves to be given some space of its own, doesn't it? Absolutely. Uh, you know, it was it was just the, the, the way that the tickets worked out. Um, a couple of buses from Motherwell were quite close to each other, so I've, I've got friends going both buses. So really, quite a special occasion. Just so many. Normally, go to Celtic Park, everybody's in, interspersed all over the, the stadium, whereas. <clears throat> Excuse me. There was there was loads of my, my, my mates within shouting distance for for when we scored. Um, plus have, having the two boys there, my nephew. Um, it was just a, a a phenomenal day. Beautiful weather, time spent with, with, with great people. It really was just outstanding. Yeah, James. We'll be covering the the kind of season roundup next week as well as end of season awards. And I know you'll have some. Interesting categories for us for that one, but Always. so so important just to rat of the year. Take, <laughs> take stock you, and enjoy. Did it. you try <laughs> subdivision? Uh, so important to give this this one its space, isn't it? Absolutely, you know, and it, it has kind of fallen by the wayside to a touch. So yeah, in a couple of weeks' time, you know, all this noise will be gone. We'll be looking to the future correctly and, and the, the positives in that, and we'll be able to really savor these these wins and get ready for next year and do it all again. 
It's funny because I don't feel the quadruple treble has been given the credit it deserves, and that's you know now part of history, that, you know? if you like. Um, but that, in addition, so what is it now? Five trebles in seven years. It is out of this world. I, I do recall when because the podcast started just as we won the. Yeah, yeah. Our episode number episode, one yeah. was December 28th, 2020, the day Chris Ayers penalty won as the quadruple treble. And it was, even though you knew things were going to pot for that particular league, league season by then, you know, you've <laughs> won four trebles in a row. It just is absolutely outrageous. And I, I dare say that when the boys go older and they look back at that, they think, geez, you were lucky. Dad, and, and you know, fifth, was that fifth and seven? I mentioned, yeah, five out of seven. I, I mentioned that in the first 100 years of Celtic, we won two trebles in the first 100 years. We're now 135 years of Celtic and we've added another six, you know, in that kind of second phase. It's just, it's unbelievable and it's, it's important to remember the good times. Despite what happens, managers will come and go, players will come and go, special days like that, and the fans will always be there and it's important to take stock of that. Once they're gone, they're gone. They're done. Dead. Um, but yeah, definitely a good watch of a special day. It's on YouTube and as always, we'll link to this one in the show notes for the episode. James, regardless who the manager is, we currently find ourselves with a treble in the bag after another brilliant season. And in very general terms, the club is in a great position on and off the field. What's your final thoughts on the achievements of the season and any other final comments for the week? A ridiculously successful season um, with all the noise from across the, the river and from the, the supporting media around that. You know, they just got on with it, got the job done. You know, even Europe, you know, when the results weren't there, the performances were, and we can see there's something to build on. There's a, there's a great structure there so you know the, the culmination to get a record winning treble there was, is just you know just fantastic and even though we've got to where we've got to with Postacoglu the fact it's been done quick I think it's really really important and now furthermore important that we go quick on on the replacement and we get going again so and we will go again and I think you know we should take the approach that, that you've touched on let's get excited about what's next because we are in such a strong position and just gone. That's done. Brilliant times, brilliant two years, brilliant memories. But let's look at what's next. So my final word for the week goes to yourself. Listen, it can be about Ange, Brendan Rodgers, or anything else you want to get off your chest. So what you got? No, no, I think I think that's the, the, the beauty of coming and doing these things. Is you're able to get a lot of things off your off your chest. Um instead of walking about the house kidding on them all right. Uh, the it just I'm 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 very peeved at the way it's ended. I don't, I don't think it's it, I, for me it's Tarnished Angie's legacy. I think. I think it's been done in a kind of underhand same. way. No legacy. Um, but at the same time, thankful, thankful for what was a an amazing period, supporting a team which was is so so likable. Their style of play as good as I've seen, and uh, and some players that have became real real favourites. Um, so that element, all brilliant, but. We, we just have to look to the future and there is that excitement you know uh, there's always a natural excitement when the season ends pre-season's coming new signings anticipation player, players, yeah. players leaving all that type of thing that's heightened by the fact that we've got a match you know we're a, we're a club in the Champions League that, that's looking for a new manager so I'm hoping it won't be the same old names linked to it and there'll be some new fresh faces <laughs> that's the only word of caution managers have been appointed in showers before so the new manager thing can go against you as well as for you Full faith and Michael Nicholson to get that one. Same right. actually, I think I think it's really important. It's Nicholson's first big big appointment. He'll get it right. 
So that wraps things up on the latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. Thanks to James and Miff for joining me today and as always, a thanks to you for listening this week and throughout the season. Remember to send your mystery Celtics on Twitter if you think you know this week's answer. And beyond that, don't forget to visit theCelticExchange.com to stay up to date on everything we'll be doing in the coming weeks. But in the meantime, thanks for all your support and we'll see you again this time next week. Network.